winter was alive and ugly over the weekend, but we got to warm up a little bit with Guards Fest. We'll talk about some observations from Guards Fest, some quotes that maybe we're taking a little bit too far, an update on a very important prospect, and some other updates on some coaching on the staff. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome to today's Lockdown Guardians. I'm your host, Justin Lana. Jeff Ellis getting a well-deserved day off. And before we get started talking about all the happenings at Guards Fest over the weekend, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at FanDuel. Like every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place any $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started with that bet. All right, as I said, Jeff's off today, and, and first of all, I want to make, thank you for listening today, every day, making your first listen. We are free wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube as well, and if you have a Roku or any of those fun uh, devices, we have fast channels on there as well. You can see us on TV if your heart's desires, if YouTube's just not good enough uh, for you, but I was at Guards Fest over the weekend. The weather held up, at least for me locally. Uh, Jeff Jeff was not coming in, but the weather wouldn't have allowed him to come in anyway if he was going to. But let's talk about some observations from Guards Fest. I was at the morning session. Um, lots of fun. I, I really only go <clears throat> to Guards Fest every year. I used to take my dad before he passed away last year. Um, just, you know, something to do baseball-wise because he grew up loving baseball and um, just really enjoyed getting to hear from the players. I know he always appreciated it. And I got to enjoy spending that time with him and uh, took some people from my family, my wife and uh, – in-laws went with us yesterday uh, over over to Guards Fest in the morning, but always enjoy getting to catch up with people uh, around the facility and just kind of hear things going on. Really, though, I like to go and I like to listen to the state of the franchise address where in years past it was Chris Antonetti and Tito, and now it's Chris Antonetti and Stephen Votes. That was interesting. Um, also had a bunch of the new coaching faces up there in a roundtable. That was fun to hear. And then had a couple of uh, pitchers for a little pitching session as well with new bullpen coach Brad Goldberg. That pitcher roundtable in the morning also included Daniel Spino. And if you didn't see my tweet over the weekend about what he said about his uh, recovery, we will talk about that later on in the show. So stay tuned for an update on Daniel Espino. Uh, hopefully it's an exciting one. It's definitely a, a good one, but let's table our, our uh, excitement just a little bit before we get into that. But let's talk about quotes from this weekend, because I think that was the thing everybody kind of ran on social media was there's probably two of them. There's one from Paul Dolan. There's one from Josh Naylor. Let's talk about the Josh Naylor one. They asked him if he'd be willing to, if he wanted to sign an extension. And he basically said, hey, the ball, you know, is in Cleveland's court. You know, I mean, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. He listed all the reasons why he likes Cleveland and talked about his brother, all that stuff. And he just said, you know, um, whatever's going to happen is, is going to happen. I think we're taking that a little bit too far. And I know some of this probably is the inactivity of the off season, because if you go in and you say, well, we signed some players to extensions that we want to keep here. That's better than nothing. Right. Because the quote we're going to talk about next from Paul Dolan is about, and this is not a new quote. This is a, this is clearly a company line because Chris Anthony has said it. Mike Chernoff has said it about improving, making offensive improvements internally. Um, so if you're committed to that, maybe extending a player like Josh Naylor kind of helps that agenda 
But as Jeff and I have talked about before on the show, extending Josh Naylor is going to be a bit of a challenge because Josh Naylor is, is set to hit for agency in two years. So he's got 24 and 25 left on his club control before he'll be, he's allowed to hit free agency for the first time. He's getting close to $7 million this year, which, you know, well-deserved. He came off a really good year. Cleveland locking up first baseman. And, and I'm the last one to sit here and, and, you know, poke at somebody's physical fitness. Cause I am not clearly the peak of that by any means. I have no room to talk, but I'm also not a uh, professional athlete, but there are people who will sit there and point out, you know, that's, that's a fair point thing to point out. And Josh Nino does have an injury history last year. He played 121 games that, and the year before was 122. He has never played more than 122 games in a season. That's that's 40 missed games. And no one's saying he needs to play all 162 that he's going to, but he's never played more than the 120 range. Can you get him to 140? It's only 20 more games. Is that, is it that big of a deal? I don't know. But if that's the issue now, you wonder how he's going to age, right? So Cleveland's going to want to find a contract that makes sense to them based on A, how first baseman age, B, how Josh Naylor is going to age because of some physical limitations, whether it's his shape or it's his past injuries that may come to bite him again. And I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. I can't say those things. All I can say is what I've read and what I know, and they could be issues down the road. He can't play anywhere else. Uh, you got Kyle Manzardo coming. You want to keep DH open. If, if you really believe in Kyle Manzardo, you got to be careful with that too. But Josh Naylor should also be looking for a payday. He had a good year in 2023. Um, and he's hitting lefties now. It was a career year for him, even though he didn't play any more games than he did the year before. But he still put up really good numbers. And he could get better in 2024. And if he gets better in 2024, why would he sign an extension? Because he's so close to free agency. And he can get paid through arbitration again in 2025 for his final year of eligibility before he hits free agency. So we're talking about a guy who could make $10 million next year as, as a first baseman in, in arbitration, if not more, if he has a good year. And that's even if he just repeats the year he had, he couldn't get more than he can get 12 million. And he's going to be hitting free agency at age 29. Roughly it'll be going, it'll be after his age because he's going to turn 27 in June. He'll be 28. He'll turn 28 his final season of, of club control which means his first season of free agency, he would be hitting his age 29 season. So being a free agent before 30, as we've seen historically, is a good thing. Now, that doesn't mean Naylor is, you know, Manny Machado or Bryce Harper, all those guys that have hit free agency before 30 that are getting paid massive money. But hitting free agency before the age of 30 is still a good thing for getting paid. So rightfully so, Josh Naylor is going to want, you know, if we're talking extension this spring, let's say, you're talking about, buying him out of his last two years of arbitration, which will be 25 and 26, right? Um, you're going to have to come close to, you know, 10 and 12 million, you know, a, a year, if not more, maybe 10, maybe it's going to be 12 this year. Maybe it's 14 the next year. And then you're talking about tacking on at least six years to that, because I have, I, I have a feeling I should say four. So six year contract total that would take him to his mid thirties, like 33, 34. Is Cleveland going to want to going to commit to him that long? kind of money is that going to take if I'm Josh Naylor this might okay first baseman like Josh Naylor they don't get paid the way like we're not we're not Eric the Eric Cosmer deal was a very ill-advised deal but that was his one big payday right he held out for that he got paid it was a mistake but he got paid and that was his right and all players have that right and they should because players are the people the reason you win games they're if they're good or not they're the reason people pay money not because your team was 
you know, frugal and saved money on not on a bad contract. So I'm, I'm, I'm basically sitting here saying Cleveland should resign him because it's just money and you should be putting a good product on the field. And if the last couple of years on the deal for Josh Naylor uh, stink because he's declining and the health is an issue, you know, it's not my money. It's not your money. It's, it's the team's money. I guess it's your money. If you're paying tickets, it's our money, whatever. But Cleveland's going to want to find a deal that makes sense to them. And Josh Naylor is looking to get paid. And again, I'm saying that because he should. I know people are going to say, well, his brother plays here. I think that only plays so much of a big factor because his brother is going to go out and tell him, get paid what you're worth. Do what's best for you. You know, at the end of the day, they're still brothers. I think they're going to stop hanging out. I'm going to stop calling each other. They're not going to stop being brothers, you know, just because they don't play together anymore. It's fun. And I'm sure he enjoys it. I'm sure they both enjoy it. And I know the fans enjoy it. And I, I, I definitely agree with that. I, and I, I think signing someone like Josh Naylor is good for the fans because he is a fan favorite. You want to keep those guys around. I look at it, though, as winning is the most important thing. Players, fans can attach their feelings to players. And then we all do. We all have those guys. I had Tommy. I had Sizemore. So I, I totally get that. Um, I'm not telling anybody how to feel. But I would say the number one attachment should be winning. And you can question whether or not the team has those intentions in terms of how they're planning things this offseason and just the way they do things in general. You can definitely question those things. But the question is, if, if is, is signing Josh Naylor to the extension that he's going to want to sign, that he's going to be looking for, does that make sense for Cleveland long term? I don't know. So he is saying the ball's in their court because he knows what he, want, what he wants to get paid, I'm sure. His agent knows what he is worth. Um, and they all compare it to other contracts that are on the market for first baseman. Um, it's the same way arbitration works, you know, except, you know, now you have free market when you're a free agent versus historical contracts and arbitration where you're limited by one year. But <clears throat> the point is, I think we took that a little bit too far. I feel like people are taking that quote a little bit too far about, ah, he's definitely gone. I mean, I, I personally don't think maybe you're right. I personally don't think that these two sides are going to find an extension that makes sense for both of them, because I. I think Cleveland's going to be a little conservative about what the future might look like for Josh Naylor. And for Josh Naylor, this is his one shot at a multi-million dollar deal and, and a, a long-term contract. Like, you know, he's hitting free agency age 29. I'd be looking for a six-year deal too. So you've got to be talking about four or five, you know, five years on top of the final two, maybe. Um, <clears throat> maybe you can turn one of those into a, a mutual option or some sort of um, conditional option, you know, based on incentives or, or conditions met. I just don't think these two sides are going to find a deal, but I think we took it a little bit far as, ah, he's definitely gone. I think it's just, you know, I guess I'm saying he is going to be gone at, at the end of the day. Like, I don't think there's going to be an extension worked out between those two, but he knows the ball is in Cleveland's court because he knows what he wants and, and Cleveland's going to be conservative about this. But you also have to consider the long-term planning. If this team is serious about a long-term commitment to winning, I'm not saying Josh Naylor can't help him do that, but they're going to have to do it in a way that makes sense for them because we have to be honest with ourselves about what they're truly going to spend and how the financials are going to work. Even if we don't like them and if I don't like them, that's fine. I understand that too. I don't like them either for the most part, but we have to base our, our projections off of that and what's realistic. And I think he's absolutely right. He knows probably how Cleveland's going to react and he knows what he's worth and what he wants. And I just think it's going to be dif a difficult path for those two that we talked about before. Um, but I just think we took that a little bit, maybe a little too far. Maybe not. I don't know. Let me know what you think. If, if they think that quote got taken too far, um, still got to get to the Paul Dolan quote, the 
update on Daniel Espino, some other observations I took away and some coaching stuff from Locked <laughs> on Lockdown Guardians from Guards Fest. Well, we just talked about whether or not Josh Naylor is the right fit for an extension for this team to bring home a trophy. What does bring home a winning trophy? Passion, drive, patience. So it keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you want to maintain your vehicle, level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, style, eBay Motors has got you covered. Over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay guaranteed fit, even if a player doesn't fit a roster, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. You're going to get your money back. No baseball team does that. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need and prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP. Bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Let's talk about the other quote from this weekend was the uh, the Paul Dolan quote about offense needing to come organically. There was a question asked of him about adding a power bat or adding offense in general. And he's saying that, you know, we expect not to block our young players and um, kind of grow organically offensively and internally. And everybody on in the in the front office has said this. Chernoff, Antonetti, Vote might have even said it. I've, I've seen this quote multiple places. So, number one, I think it's fair to be frustrated because they've done nothing this offseason. And I think some of it is, is again, I don't know how active cleaning was going to be this offseason in the first place, but I do think whatever act, activity they were going to have or plan to have has been really hamstrung by this TV issue, which is really frustrating because some of it you can maybe pin on the team itself, but some of it's on Major League Baseball and the lack of foresight into the future of cord cutting and TV contracts. like. People way smarter than me were writing about this stuff years ago. I'm way, you know, very smart people were writing about this years ago about cord cutting. And then the pandemic, you know, really accelerated that. People knew this, these TV contracts were going to be a bubble and burst one day. I don't know if they necessarily projected when, but they knew it wasn't like, you know, 30 years in the future. It was definitely sooner rather than later. Instead, Major League Baseball sold BamTech, which was their technology arm. It could have made it easier to transition into a different television or delivery model for games. And they pocketed that money. Major League Baseball pocketed it. Owners pocketed it. So owners are on that as well. I don't know. I don't know really where to sit blame. Maybe it's 50-50. Maybe it's not about TV contracts and how these multimillionaires who are well-educated didn't see this coming, didn't have a plan in place. Maybe they didn't expect Bally's or Diamond Sports Group to, to declare bankruptcy. I don't know. But I feel like they're smarter than me. They have Ivy League educations. They're making millions of dollars. This feels like something they should have seen coming. Anyway, the point is about the Paul Dolan quote. Like I said, everyone else is saying this. I've heard this quote from multiple people. And as you've heard other podcasts, I know our friends over at the Selby's Godcast, Zach and TJ, have said multiple times. doesn't matter what they say. It matters what they do. And right now, you know, whatever Paul Dolan is saying, whatever the front office is saying based on what they're going to do offensively this offseason or into the season and moves they have or haven't made, you can judge them based on that. You don't have to think about a quote. You can just look at their inactivity this offseason. You can make your judgment off of that. TV deal or no TV deal. You don't need the quote for that. But 
I do think that that's just the company line right now. They're not going to comment on on moves that haven't have or haven't happened. And I mean, look at the Boston Red Sox. There have been, and not that Cleveland hasn't had this happen to them in the past either, but there have been multiple reports come out this offseason about, oh, the Red Sox were in on this player. They were third on this player. They offered this player. Didn't happen. And the fans in Boston are sick of it because it's like, great, we were the bridesmaids how many times for Yamamoto and whoever else in the offseason that we really wanted. And Boston came into the offseason with, with a misguided quote saying they were going to pedal the metal or full, you know, full speed ahead on improving this team. That didn't happen. So Boston kind of overpromised and underdelivered, whereas Cleveland is underpromising and haven't really delivered a whole lot on the field, if anything, um, unless you want to count them winning the number one pick, which was totally out of their control. Um, so you can judge them based off what they've done and not blocking guys internally. That can mean a lot of things. Like, um, we saw a lot of Will Brennan last year. Things didn't go well. I'm not ready to give up on Will Brennan personally. I don't think if you – you shouldn't be married to Estevan Florial if, if, on a waiver claim. Um, I don't think – here's the thing. George Valera, Jenkins Noel, Jonathan Rodriguez, none of these guys are prospects that you should be married to that you can't upgrade your lineup somewhere. Like if we're just talking about right field specifically. I know people are going to balk a little bit at the Valera thing and the Noel thing. Some people will. Um, I don't think any of these guys at this point are prospects that you sit there and say, no, we have to keep, keep the deck cleared for them to make their way to the majors because they're going to help us for a long time. I just don't think any of them have shown enough to sit there and confidently say you can do that. That being said, I don't think you should go out there and sign. I don't even know who's a free agent in right field at this point. Like, you know, you want to go out and sign a, an offense, a player for one year, you know, Adam Duvall, whatever, for one year, that's fine. But if you're expecting them to go out there and sign like a, um, I don't know who's who's a, who's an outfielder who's a free agent in right field right now, it's uh, it's hard for me to say. But I mean, you're not going to go out there and give one of those guys a two or like JD Martinez or Justin Turner. I guess they could add a bat that way. Like Teoscar Hernandez took a one year deal. You weren't going to give him a three or four year deal. I think that's what he wanted. You know, you're not going to go out there and give one of those long term contracts. You're not going to go out and sign Cody Bellinger. I, I mean. I'd love Cody Bellinger for center field. I'm not going to say that wouldn't be great, but that's probably the only guy you would do that for. But you're not going to go out and get one of these middling free agent types, you know, for right field or whatever it is, and do a long-term deal for a very mid-free agent. It's fine on a one-year deal if you can find the right price. And again, I, I really the outfield market's not great for free agency. Jock Peterson. Does he want a one-year deal? I guess you could you could do that. Um, you don't really block anybody at that point. But the point is here, like none of these guys, you should not be married to any of these guys in terms of upgrading if it takes, if you're, you're talking about bringing in like a, a long-term fit in the outfield, whether it's center field or right field. If you can go out there and make a trade or, you know, <laughs> if they could really sign Cody Bellinger, that's fine too. I have no, I don't really have any qualms about that either. Um, but, you know, you shouldn't be married to any of these guys blocking that we're about worried about blocking them specifically if you're talking about trade making a trade for a long-term upgraded outfield somewhere i just don't see the point and and holding it if you can't upgrade now doesn't mean you should go out there and make a stupid deal and blow you know, like if you have nobody else then yeah play the kids um i wish i felt more confident about some of these prospects like chase the lauder long term yes but i don't know if chase the lauder is the answer in 2024 let's talk again in 2025 and that's why i'm saying 
you don't go out and sign a two or three year free agent that's going to be crap. Like uh, they've done it like, you know, the Nick Swisher issue, right? Don't do that again. Either like an Adam Duvall type in a one-year deal or you go out and you find a future fit and you worry about the rest of it later. I just don't think Valera and Noel and Rodriguez are the guys you need to sit there and say, no, we need to keep the decks clear. Um, all this to say about the Paul Nolan quote, though, is again, I think we're just taking it too far. Quotes, quotes or quotes. I think it, there's, you know, these guys are really good at, at doublespeak and um, just saying a whole lot without saying anything, which is what they're trained to do. And obviously the Dolans are well apprised of what's going on in the front office, potential trade discussions. They're not going to let any of that out. They're not going to let any potential stuff out. And I, I, it sucks to say that we're waiting until the TV situation is resolved for them to do anything because maybe they won't do anything at all. But as we said, judge them on their actions. Don't judge them on their quotes. Forget the quotes because they're, they're not going to say anything anyway. Whatever they're saying is inconsequential. All you have to worry about is what's happening on the field. And it, you know, if you want to get mad about quotes again, I shouldn't be telling you how to feel. If you want to get mad about quotes or if you want to, you know, run with those, that's fine too. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think we all want to see this team win. And I don't care what's said personally. I care what they do on the field. You should, that's, that's what, if you want to see a winner, that's what you, everybody should be thinking about. And he's only going to say so much in a quote. And I've heard that quote again a million times this offseason. Let's see what they do the rest of the offseason. Let's see if the TV deal clears the deck for anything. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will. I, I don't have a whole lot of hope that it will. But I'm not worried about a quote because they're not going to say anything anything of consequence anyway. And that doesn't really allude to what might happen. He could have said this weeks, months ago. And there could have been a trade happened after that. And, you know, we wouldn't be thinking about it anymore because a move was made. So let's see what actions they take. They haven't taken any yet. Have they not been able to? I don't know. We're going to find out. But that's, that's what we're going to do here is we're going to judge them on their actions. Okay, we still have to get to the Daniel Spino update, and I want to talk about some of the coaching stuff and some other player news from Guards Fest. All right. You all want to talk about Daniel Spino. I know you wanted to hear about that. If you didn't see my tweet over the weekend, uh, I'm not going to read it verbatim. Eh, I guess I could read it verbatim. Anyway. Uh, so Daniel Spino was on that pitching panel that was part of Guards Fest, one of their uh, updates. Jim Rosenhouse is up there with him and Hunter Gaddis and Sam Henches, Trevor Stephan, and Brad Gilbert, the new bullpen coach. <clears throat> Obviously, Espino has not been in the majors. The rest of those guys have been. So Jim Rosenhouse's questions for him had to be a little bit different. And it was a good question because Daniel admitted some things himself. I don't know if the team wanted him to, to comment on his progression from his injury, but he said, you know, he's hoping he's working on throwing further distances. He's throwing, he feels good. Um, and he mentioned about how, you know, getting back, getting on the mound late March, early, I'm um, sorry, late March, early April was his goal. So that means what I took that to mean is he's not throwing off a mound right now, which, which would make sense because he's not a year removed. He's about a, not even a year removed from the shoulder surgery. Right. So now he should know he's more than a year. He's more than a year removed from the shoulder surgery. Anyway, he hasn't thrown off a mound yet. And I know people are going to say, well, what, what is, is this ahead of his timeline? Is this, is this, is he behind his timeline? I don't know. I don't know what his timeline is. I'm not a doctor. I don't know the details of the surgery. And I don't know what his timeline should be or would be. So anything I give you would be a guess. We can <clears throat> compare it this way. Players in the off season, they take some time off. Most pitchers take some time off and they, they resume a throwing program in the off season. So they're not, they're not just not throwing all off season. At some point, 
whether it's December or January, these guys are picking up a baseball and they're throwing, they're working on something. They're at least playing catch. So Espino is doing long toss. He's working on increasing his distance, as he said, because you're going to get out to 120 feet, whatever you're throwing at, you know, before you get on a mound. That's what pitchers do. So maybe he's in that part of the progression, but I, I don't know what a what a typical pitcher in the offseason is doing lengthwise. But let's assume this. Players are throwing bullpens when they get back into camp in early, mid-February. So report date's February 13th. So let's say February 14th, somebody, you know, Shane Beaver is throwing a bullpen. Tristan McKenzie is throwing a bullpen, right, on February 14th. Um, <clears throat> the season opener is the uh, 28th. That sound right? The twenty eighth. I don't know. The opener is that is that week, right? So that's essentially six weeks. Okay, so six weeks from spring training to the opener. They're throwing they're throwing bullpens. They're getting into games. This is the first time Espino is going to be getting out a bull in a bullpen, throwing a bullpen, and we're talking late March, early April, right? So let's give him the six weeks from there. Let's give him the six weeks from. Uh, let's go. You know, April 1st, April 1st, six weeks from April 1st. That's going to be about May 13th, right? So is that when he's going to be ready for an affiliate? I don't know. I think they'll probably hold him back a little bit in the extended spring training, see what happens there. Um, I would say, and who knows how conservative they're going to be. And he also has to throw these bullpens without pain. He's got to get into a game. He's got to throw simulated games. He's got to go up and down. He's got to face batters. He's got to warm up. He's got to cool down, all these things. Um, I think May 13th is probably a little bit aggressive. I still think that, you know, if he's an affiliate by June, that's a good sign. But again, this is all pure guesswork based off of spring training progressions to the, to, to the regular season, how guys are ramping up. And you're talking about guys who have done this before, guys who have a history of, you know, track record of building up in spring training and getting to an, getting into the season. And that's the normal progression is those six weeks from getting into camp, throwing Throwing in a game, throwing an inning, throwing two innings, throwing four innings, being six innings ready, ready to throw 100 pitches. Um, and you got to also remember Daniel Espino hasn't done this since um, April of 2022. So he's two years removed from even getting into a game, throwing X amount of pitches, sitting down in the dugout between innings, getting back up and throwing again and not having any pain. So you've got to go through all those progressions, check all those boxes off before you can get back to an affiliate and build yourself up. So that's what I'm saying. I would say June or July. Like that's probably where I'm thinking things are going to be. But again, not a doctor. I don't have any insight into the surgery and his throwing progress. Just basing this off of what a normal timetable is from off season spring training to the regular season is. But again, we're basing that off of healthy pitchers. Guys have a track record of doing this before and guys who aren't coming off of a major shoulder surgery. So that's what I'm saying. I don't think the six weeks is necessarily accurate. We'll see one other quote. I actually two other quotes. I want to say before I get out of here, uh, plus some player updates. So Antonetti called out um, as they were talking about Stephen Vote on the mount or up there on the stage was saying that, you know, we've relied a lot on our, the back of our bullpen the last couple of years. We wanted to, um, and he didn't say reduce their workload, but he basically said, we want to be cognizant of that, ask of how much we've asked them to do. Mentioned bringing in Scott Barlow. So he mentioned bringing in more experienced uh, relievers in the back end, which is why they, they ended up getting Barlow. So I would take that as they're probably going to try to reduce the workload of Manuel Classe. That's a good thing. They need to do that. We talked about that last week when we did the bullpen uh, review from 2023. Uh, Chris Flaka was up on stage, all the coaches talking. He mentioned, you know, yeah, the elephant in the room is, is about our power. We got to impact the baseball better. But he also mentioned about not getting away from our identity and our personnel and 
you know, we're not going to go out and lead the league in home runs. We're not going to outslug some of these teams. We have to find different ways to ways to score runs and win our way. So, you know, two sides, two sides of the same coin. They're addressing that he knows that power is an issue. You got to work at impacting the baseball more, but also that they're not expecting to be, you know, a slugging team. It, it is what it is. Um, other player notes. Um, there was a question on stage during the, uh, the pitching one about who was, or no, was it was a teammate game. It was Freeman, Brennan, Straw, and um, gosh, who was on the very end? It's going to, it's going to look bad if I don't remember who was on the very end. Oh, it's Tristan McKenzie. Duh. And they said, who was most likely to show up at a Nickelback concert or listen to Nickelback? And a couple of the players said, ah, it's too sad to answer because it'd be Cal Quantrill. They were too sad. They want to move on to another question. So clearly these guys miss Cal Quantrill. Understandable. Seem like a good guy. Seem like a good teammate. They almost Cal Quantrill. I personally enjoyed Cal Quantrill's taste in music. That's just me. He had uh, My Chemical Romance as his warm-up song. Um, Miles Naylor was in attendance. That was fun. Saw him walking around. I saw people get pictures with him. He was there hanging out. Um, I know some people wanted Cleveland to draft him and – Think he's a fine prospect. I just think where he was drafted didn't make sense for Cleveland. He was a comp A pick, would have been too high for Cleveland. I think he was, I personally think he was more of a third round talent. Doesn't mean I don't think he's a talented prospect or anything. I just think for what Cleveland was last year, where they were drafting didn't make sense. Um, also pointed out on the mound that this is going to be the third bullpen on the mound on the main stage. Brad Goldberg is the new bullpen coach, he is the third bullpen coach in three years. So you had the guy before Rigo Beltran. Um, let's go back and remember. Oh, is uh the new pitching coach in Kansas city. And then you've got Nico Beltran last year, who they let go after one year. And that says some things. And then Brad Goldberg, who has only been here a short amount of time. He was promoted very quickly. Um, but he's going to be the third bullpen coach in third, three years. That's something notable. You know, that's Trevor Steffen's been here three years in the bullpen um, now. So that's three bullpen coaches that, that there is an impact there. Maybe <clears throat> the good news is Brad Goldberg, a first time bullpen coach. Um, Craig Almanaz, who's on the bench with Stephen Vogt, he is a former bullpen coach, and Stephen Vogt himself is a former bullpen coach. So he's got some guys to lean on. That's a good thing um, as well. So there's that. Draft notes. Uh, check out Jeff's video. He talked about how the Astros signing Josh Hader moves Cleveland up a few spots in the draft. Also gives them a little bit more money. That's important. Um, so go check that out. We'll continue to update you on that as things progress. As uh, so other signings happen, the Cody Bellinger signing from somebody, if he doesn't go back to the Cubs, that could impact Cleveland as well. TV updates. Um, hey, I know our buddy Andre Knott's going to spring training at the end of February. So if he's going there, I assume that means he knows he's going to be on TV in some capacity working, right? He wouldn't go there for nothing. Um, and we'll have him on the podcast again when he gets out there. We've got some other news lined up coming up soon. But uh, February 1st, Cleveland has till February 1st to um, go out and – decide whether or not they want to take Bally's offer to stay part of that group for 2024. Um, they're not included in that Amazon deal, obviously with the uh, Amazon backing Bally's diamond sports group. And then if they don't accept February 1st, I don't know who knows. They'll be, they might be on their own. Maybe major league baseball will step in. I really don't know uh, more to find out. It's not good that we don't know what's coming up. Well, Wednesday um, we're going to do a positional review of 2023, the final one outfield. Finally get that over with, get 2023 behind us, move on to 2024. And then we have to finish our Let's Make a Deal series. We still have AL West, AL East, and the AL Central go, the AL Central one. Probably doesn't make a lot of sense. It's going to be weird, but, you know, we like weird things on this podcast. What we do like on this podcast is you. You're every day listening to us. We appreciate that. 
Uh, leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't had one in a while. Uh, tell a friend. <clears throat> subscribe on YouTube. Download daily. It all helps. Thanks for being an everyday or thanks for listening to Lockdown Guardians. And go, go, Guardians, go.